You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron, where I have the awesome pleasure of finding some of the coolest people in this great industry of dentistry and sharing with you their stories and their insight. And today we do exactly that. We invite back Dr. Grace Young, who's brilliant. She is so cool. And she is creating something so special, Mommy Dentist in Business. And today she shares with us her insight, what she's learned on the art of bringing community together. It is awesome. I'm going to highly encourage you to check out what she does because you're going to think it's cool also. So make sure you guys listen to the episode and uh, we will see you very soon. Welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast, where I get to just do the cool thing of hanging out with really smart people that are making great waves in dentistry, and I get to ask them the great questions so that you guys can learn about it and create a better practice and a better life. And today, I have somebody that I've had on before, and you're going to see she's super smart, and she's doing something super cool. It's Dr. Grace Young. So, Grace, thanks for being on. Hi, thanks for having me. And I'm not so sure. I'm super smart. <laughs> I've had to take my words over before. So let me just preface it with, I am not the most smart person in the room, thankfully. Uh, but I'm honored to be here. And I am really grateful for this opportunity. Yeah, and I am too, because I get a chance to uh, to learn from you. Now, we did a previous podcast, and I'll put a link in there in the show notes, and I, I'm going to highly encourage you guys to check it out. It's uh, How I Created Mommy Dentist in Business, and it's such a cool story. And really, Grace, we highlighted your story in there and the purpose behind it and how you gave voice to something that really needed to... Uh, that somebody just needed to give voice to. And so um, I always like to start here because we have so many young listeners and dental students, like give us a short little bio on who Grace Young is. So if if I've never heard you before or don't know anything, tell us a little bit about you. Okay, great. Or maybe as my my mom would 
say about me. No, there you go. Um, no, so I'm born and raised in Chicago, uh, Northwestern Wildcat through and through. And I've been in dentistry since I was 18. Student, worked my way up all through college. I was actually a communication studies major, wanted to be a journalist. But I worked part-time uh, as an orthodontic assistant and then pediatric dental assistant. And then I worked my way up from there. I did take a gap year where I pursued other, you know, because I thought I was going to go into journalism. And I really missed patient care. So then went to dental school and the rest is history. I am actually raised by parents that are entrepreneurs. So I, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and I learned from my parents. And so I have had the pleasure of owning multiple locations from scratch, new construction, doing all of that, selling it, starting another business while I was, well, I was at a crossroads. I was going to open up my third location, but I started mommy Dennis in business and that kind of took over my life. And now that's where, what I'm doing full time and I love it. And mm -hmm. it's just been a whirlwind and I cannot believe five years have flown by. Yeah. It's so cool. Now you have to describe what mommy dentist and business is. Cause I, I think it's crazy cool, but if I've never Thank heard you. of it, what is it? Sure. It is a private Facebook group where we are almost 10,000 members strong and the requirements to join are that you have to be a mom or someone in the house has to call you mom and you are a dentist, not necessarily a practice owner, but a licensed dentist. And so we are a community that meets online on Facebook and we talk about everything under the sun and we've expanded. We're even in Canada and we've got members all over the, the world, actually, in Asia, Europe. It's really great. It's a really cool community. And I'm really proud to have started something that people really needed. Yeah. You should be proud. And, Thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And today we're going to be talking about the art of bringing community together. Can you yes. start here? Like, talk about the why before we get into the how and the, like, why yes. is this such an important topic for you? So it is because for me, everything, my world changed when I became a mother. Okay. There is no school that you can go to, to become like the perfect mom or the greatest mom, right? Like you have your own mom as an example and maybe others, mothers and parents as examples, but there really isn't a way you just do it. However, and, I, and I'm only saying this because when you're a dentist, you learn how to be a dentist, right? You can learn how to be a practice owner. You can learn a lot of things. But when you throw in parenthood, especially if you're the primary caregiver, whether you're female or male, if you are the primary caregiver, there is a lot more responsibility on your shoulders. And I was already a practice owner first. And then I had my first child four years later my world just changed and i really wanted to talk with other moms that were dentists that were doing the same things i i was doing and right. sure my community my local community in chicago i could go to the dental meetings i could do all that but nobody ever talked about parenting no one ever talked about we only talked about dentistry and we only talked about 
our businesses, but nobody talked about what it's like to be the primary caregiver and do all of the things, right? Like do all of the things and plus. And our male colleagues, God love them, their responses are usually like my wife handles it or my partner or whatnot. But typically, typically, and I'm not saying all, typically the dads are not the primary caregivers. Mm-hmm. And so they can live their life and take care of just themselves and somebody else is doing all the other. And so there's that dimension that they can't relate to some of the moms that are doing all of the above. Right. And when you saw that happening, you know, and you could feel it, you put words to it. You gave it a voice, right? Right, 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 right. So the reason I had to start networking with other moms is because one, I felt lost. Two, I had some mentors that were older than me, some moms that could give me pointers and that I found really helpful. But really it was more like, hey, how do we um, teach each other how to do things? Because I know I'm not the first mommy dentist, right? And where are the other mommy dentists that could help teach me or navigate, mentor me and how to do things better? Why reinvent the wheel? Right. Right. And so, and what's the shame in asking? right? There's no shame in asking, how do you do this? Sharing best practices, right? Like, how did you work your schedule? You know, did you hire a nanny or did you have your six month old in daycare? Like, what what were you feeding them? Like, how did you like meal prep? Because you're exhausted at seven o'clock at night. Now you got to go home and feed your babies and yourself, but you're so tired. You're just going to go run to McDonald's and grab stuff, right? So it's kind of like, what do you, what am I supposed to do here? Or when you're a practice owner, you cannot as a dentist really make a lot of mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not allowed to make mistakes in your schedule. Your life from like, let's say 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. is timed. Like everything is on the clock, right? And then when you get home, you don't want to be on the clock anymore, right? So things kind of get lost in the shuffle because you have to be so perfect and so on at work. Your home life might be a mess. Like there's dirty clothes everywhere. There's toys everywhere. Um, you know, when was the last time you went to the grocery store or we're running out of toilet paper or, oh my God, I forgot to hire a babysitter. It's parent teacher conference night. I can't bring my kid to the school with me and I forgot to hire a babysitter. Okay. Call my neighbor. Can you just, can my kid stay at your house for just an hour? You know, so just like all these things, all these things. And, and there's a lot to juggle. And so I thought, Hey, if I can start to find a network with other moms that are going through this, like I would show up to my own doctor's appointments at the wrong day and time because I just couldn't get my act together. Right. Um, so I'm like, I can't be the only one, right. I cannot be the only one that like sent my kid to this Christmas nativity play in her school uniform where everybody else is wearing a white dress because she's supposed to be an angel and I'm the one who messed it up. Right. So it, I'm like, I, th- there's gotta be, <laughs> there's gotta be a better way. And there's gotta right. be other people that can tell me how to fix all, all these crazy problems. And so that's why it was born. I was like, mommy dentist, that's me. And I'm in business. That's me. So the three hats that I wear, mommy being first, I didn't say dental moms in business. I didn't say business owners that are moms and dentists. I didn't say this is dentistry. Um, and if you dentist business owners for mothers, you know, so I was thinking like, what in order is that priority. Mom has to be the first priority, yet I wasn't living that. 
I was not being mommy first in reality in my life. I was being dentist first, business owner second, and mommy last a lot of the times. And I failed at being a good mother in a way that I wasn't giving myself grace, right? Because I felt like I was constantly messing up. Spirit week was like the death of me. You know, when you're like Monday, you have to go in red and Tuesday is pajama day and Wednesday, you have to wear crazy socks and Thursday, you have to do wear your be baseball team. Like, I was like, could we not do spirit week, please? You know, because then it's like my kid comes home. I was the only one that didn't have pajamas on. Nah, nah, nah. And I'm like, ah, so, um, so yeah. So then I was like, okay, this group is going to be mommy dentists in business because in business is kind of like a loose term. So that was the whole why. <laughs> That's so cool. It's so cool. And I, you know, there's so many different, just to watch you do what you do. What's really fun for me is talking to other people about it, you know, cause I get, it's fun to watch you talk about it, but it's fun to watch other people talk to other people about it and see the passion in their face. And that's one thing you should be so proud of. And, uh, I, I, I have so, I mean, we could, we could actually do like nine shows from, <laughs> from what you did, but I want to speak specifically to, you know, community and events because you obviously put this Facebook together, you know, and you've grown community. Tell us, I, I think community is different now. It feels different. What, what are some of your biggest learnings as you put this community together about community and events? You know what? That's like a really, really great question. And one, I want to say niche because the narrower and the smaller the niche, the tighter the community, mm -hmm. because you're, you're really focusing in on the person that's literally walking in your shoes. So niche. And then number two is, you know, the pandemic really helped grow this community because we all went through this awful storm that nobody has ever gone through. So we really needed to rely on each other. We really needed the community. We call it our hive. Mm -hmm. It's like we were honeybees and our hive. So we really needed to count on each other to get through this really awful time. So it forced us to come together and community in the sense that online, you can only do so much online because it's all like written, right? Communication without the physical proximity or face-to-face, -face. or if you post a video, you're only getting a small synopsis, right? right? So events, I would say, really helped with the desire to get together. And when, as soon as we were able to open up and come together, everyone wanted to do it. And there were some that wanted to do it, even though there was a pandemic, they didn't really, you know, they were like, we still need to get together. And so the events portion grew wildly successful because of all the online. And, and when you're communicating online, and you're in this pandemic and you're like, what do we do? You start to build these friendships online and you check in with them and you, you call them or you text them or you message them. You say, how are you doing? What are you doing? How are you doing this? Okay. You know what? I know that you live in the Chicagoland area and you're about like 20 miles from me, but we've never met face to face, but because we're buying N95 masks as a group, you need to come to my office and pick them up. Right. So it forces you to like come together and 
when that happens and you get outside of your office, you realize you need human connection. You need human feedback. You need human face-to-face. You need all that, even if it's not about dentistry. Right. You need friends, right? right? And who better to be friends with than other dentists that understand, quote unquote, get you, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, I totally understand that issue you had with the hygienist. I went through a similar thing. Or, hey, that patient um, crown situation, you know, you couldn't get it off and, you know, you were trying so hard. Well, use this tool because I've been in that situation. So it's like people just really giving each other tips, really helping each other that that has been the um the art that kind of unfolded was hey like if you bring all these women together that have similar issues or similar challenges or similar successes a lot of magic happens so our events have been so great like every event sells out every event sells out and our community is so passionate and loyal to one another, committed to one another, that they don't even care about who's speaking. They don't even care about the CE. Like I don't, I sell the tickets before I even put together the program. (laughs) That is all. Well, my first question is how did you ever do this? And, um, um, secondly, like the first event that you put together after the pan, like give us this, like, what was it? Was it just an opportunity just to get together and just kind of get back you know, yes. to get connected yes. in person. Yes. Yes. And, you know, we do all different kinds of events. We do small ones like called the CEO Roundtable, which used to be 25. And because of the demand, it grew to 50. And now we have a second cohort. And the thing is, there's only one of me and I only have 14 members. So people don't realize how much work it takes to throw on events. And they might just think in their head math, like tickets per person, but really with all the hours that build into it, you're really only getting paid like $10 an hour. You know, like it's really not that people think it's like so profitable, but that's not the point, right? The point is building a place for community and uh, a reason to bring people together. And so we have multiple events like CE Roundtable. We've got our clinical events, which are 180 to 100 doctors. And then we have our annual conference, which is our, our crown jewel event, which keeps growing every year. And so for me, though, my sweet spot for size is like two, 300 people. After that, it, it starts to get overwhelming. It starts to get like you don't have the intimacy or getting to know each other, right? right. And we call it the social summit because they're there to really be social and it's a social media group and so a lot of the doctors are like we don't really care about the ce we're coming to get ce because then it's a business write-off but really we're coming to socialize and we're really coming to say hey like i read your post about your dad's health problems is he okay how's he doing or hey like i read about your daughter she got bullied at school like we offered all this advice. I hope she's doing okay. Like, are you okay? Like, so it's just that type of intimacy. Like we're really getting to know each other on a deeper level. It's not superficial. It's a really deep connect. And it's like, Hey, I read that you weren't um, feeling well, that you um, may have had a bad diagnosis of um, possible cancer. Is that the accurate like what's going on you know so we really get into each other's like business for those that want to now of course there are those that are quieter that are like i don't want to put my business online but i'm here for other reasons um and that's okay too so there's all levels of 
communication and commitment and how much you want to share your story. But we're really here to help women be the best version of themselves, you know, and that, that community building, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it just takes a lot of time and the people that are wanting to put in the time, they get out a lot of benefit. Like even in the community, um, there's like 300 of us that exercise together and we have our own little exercise groups and we message each other and keep each other accountable. Like for instance, like I'm eating celery sticks. Um, <laughs> so, so it, we, it, it has become more than just a Facebook group. Yeah. And on that, so I have so many questions. So Facebook group, I would imagine in a community, you have to establish rules. Like people don't understand, like building a community is not, well, we just set it up and everyone talks. Like you have to proactively set up rules, boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What did you learn about Mm -hmm. that? It's hard. You know, it's really hard uh, to, to set up rules and boundaries, but you have to, because otherwise all hell breaks loose. Right. And the main purpose is to create unison, not discord. And you want people, you can't please everybody. Right. And so this group might not be for everybody. So there are some that join and then bounce off. That's okay. It's not for you. It's not for everybody. However, with community rules, we set guidelines, which you think might make sense. And it's to generally make sure that everybody is staying in harmony. Right. Right. So we don't talk about politics. Uh, You know, there's just some things that we want to refrain from, like negativity, bullying, being snarky online. Because you, you know, you might type something, but you would never say it face to face. Right. Right. Or you might read something and take it the wrong way because there was no intonation or nonverbal facial cues. To, to go with what was written. And so there's a lot of give somebody the benefit of the doubt or move on. If something you don't like is posted, move on, just scroll past it, right? Yeah. Um, so I have learned a lot the hard way and that sometimes people don't like the rules and right. some people feel that they're above the law, right? There are people who are, and I have learned not, and I'm just, throwing it at not all but some as dentists when we're practicing we hardly hear the word no mm. everyone around us is like yes doctor yes doctor yes doctor. so when someone says no sometimes people get bent out of shape yeah you know because no they don't ever hear the word no and sometimes i have to be the bad cop or other community members will rise above and say you're wrong right you know, the community will call that person out. So there's a lot of social behavior. Like I really think if a sociologist were to come and analyze them, I bet you anything in college, they're doing a lot of social behavior on just social media um, I have, in general. Yeah, I have no yeah. doubt. I have no doubt. And then um, as social media changes, you know, I, I mean, I'm not the best at creating community, but one of the things that people always warn you is like, don't, build everything on social media because Facebook can change the rules at any time. I'm sure you've heard all this. Right, right. I mean, right. any anything you learned in building community via social media, because you do more than just social media, right? Right. Well, we have a website with a private portal and right. um, we have what's called our official members that are like subscribed members. Right. Um, 
and then they can go into the portal and log in and find their way. But I think for the most part, because Meta or that owns Facebook and Instagram, people are so used to being there that that's how they navigate. And so if Meta were to change the rules, if yes, we could bounce to another platform, but people, their, their behaviors are stuck in their behavior. So even if I, I, I've done research on other platforms, even if I were to move to a different platform, they would be so stuck on Facebook. I think it'd be really hard for them to learn a new platform. Um, but that's probably one of the weaker links of, of the community, right? Is if right. Meta went down, where would you go? You know, we've got Messenger, we've got our website, our portal, um, but the communication then wouldn't be as easy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and so when it comes to just community, what like you've seen a lot of people create community. What do what do most people, at least in dentistry, get wrong about community? Because you see sometimes people do it and you're like, oh, that's not a real community. That's just you're just looking for a way to message others. Like I'll, I'll even I'll give you this kudos. So on our last interview, which I'm gonna encourage you guys to, I'm like, Grace, where are we going? Where's it going next? And you had the most eloquent answer. Do you remember what you said? I don't know. No. You, you said, <laughs> you said, well, the community is going to tell me that. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's like, that's difficult and brilliant at the same token. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so back to the original thought, like what do people fundamentally get wrong about community when you see them trying to do anything come to mind or not? Well, I think if you're a leader of one, Right. Um, I don't, if you don't take feedback, I think then you're going to have a hard time. Right. So for example, um, we just had our annual conference. It's our largest one. We had 300 people in Las Vegas and we built out a separate Facebook page just for the attendees and sponsors to communicate on all things conference. Right. Right. And after it was over, I asked for feedback. And I said, what'd you think? You know, what what you love, what do you hate or could do without? And one of um, the doctors said, I would I could do without like the 10 minute sponsor commercials in between the speakers. And then some people chimed in, same, 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 same. And I go, okay, done. We won't have them next year. Done. Easy. Mm-hmm. Easy, right? Another one said, oh, it would be nice to do icebreakers at the happy hour because 300 people at the happy hour. And if, if I came alone and I don't know anyone, it's really intimidating to try to break into conversation. And there are like groups of like 10 women that already know each other because they went to dental school together, you know? So I was like, done next happy hour. We're going to do a guided happy hour with icebreakers and force people to meet new people done easy fix. We can do that. So I really think that you have to listen to the community and ask them periodically what they want. And within reason, if it's something you can pull off, then you should do it because it makes everybody more comfortable. And I think one of the important aspects or I would say more important aspects of running a community is to listen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I, again, asking somebody who's doing an excellent job at this, I've been around doing, you know, I've been in dentistry for 25 years. I love it. 
And it's changed. It's changed a lot. You know, I remember going to the big meetings and there was 20 some thousand people and it was so crowded and every bar and restaurant, it was too crazy. And it's not like that anymore. You know, tell, tell us from your perspective, you know, the gathering principle in dentistry, what, what are you feeling most that like, this is clearly what we see now when it comes to people getting together, you know, anything, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Like when people get together and I can only speak on behalf of moms, Mm -hmm. I can't speak in general, but in my meetings, sometimes it's not, um, moms have to be a little bit more brave or courageous on traveling alone you know, especially if they're not coming with their team. Right. Right. So some of these bigger meetings, you bring your office manager and hygienist or whatever, but to these meetings, we don't bring team. So sometimes these women have to travel by themselves. So I have to take that into consideration. Like, how am I going to make it a safe environment? How am I going to um, make sure that everyone's comfortable, especially at a larger size meeting? How can we arrange that? So we ask for participation from the doctors, like volunteer leaders, right? So we have regional groups and regional leaders that are volunteers and say, hey, can you spearhead maybe um, put together a dinner for your area, right? right. And just kind of like bite-sized pieces of social elements rather than like you were saying, oh, every restaurant's packed and every bar is packed and people are going a little crazy and it's like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe like breaking it down into chunks so that it's a better experience, I guess. Like I'm always looking to make it a better experience, right? right? So I can't do everything. Don't get me wrong. Like we can't please everybody. Right. But how do we make it overall a better experience so that they want to come back, right? So when we sold tickets for Vegas, we sold out in 48 hours. And, And so the reason being is we want your feedback. We want to make this doable and enjoyable process for you. So help us to do that. Of course, there are outliers, right? Every meeting there's outliers and some people are going to complain and some people are going to be like, everything was perfect. But in within reason, I think when you're an event person or you're in the events business, you have to think of the end user and how to make it doable and think about majority, how they're going to feel about it and make them want to come back. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, and you know, on the event side of things, like what, what are some ahas that you have about event? I mean, to sell your events out, I don't, do you do a lot of marketing? I don't think you do. A lot of it is word of mouth. It's right? just word of mouth. Yeah. It's word of mouth. And because they want their friends to experience it, right? Right. They want to bring their friends to experience the power. And a lot of times moms come up to me crying at the meetings or not out of sadness, but because they're like, I needed this. They're like, I didn't know that I needed this so much. I needed a break. I needed right. to get away from my duties as a doctor, as a mother. I needed just two days to be with friends and do fun things for myself and fill my cup. And moms don't do that often enough. I mean, there are moms that hardly go and get their manicures. You know what I mean? Like, we're like, we're too busy. And their focus is everywhere else but themselves. So this gives them an opportunity to like, hey, relax. Have two days to just be with friends, relax, and be with people that understand you and aren't going to judge you. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And then it, it, I love, we're going to talk about how to get involved because I want to get into the details too. Like, do I have to be a member to show up to some of these things? I, I'm, let me just ask you that right now. Let's just say I'm listening from the outside. Do I have to, or can I just come or do you have, do you have rules on that for your events? Now you have the one marquee event per year, but then you yeah. also have smaller meetings. Little ones are, yeah. Right, right. So my suggestion, because a lot of dentists are introverts too, right? right. And the, I think the best place is one, join the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And then we also have other smaller Facebook groups, depending on the regional area and who the regional leader is. So if you're, let's say, for example, San Diego, then you join the San Diego Facebook page. And then you get to know all the locals. And then you go to the regional leaders are, I request two social events a year, maybe one in the summer, one in the winter or spring, fall, whatever, just two. And, and depending on the size of the group, um, you can have one that's for open to everybody and a mm -hmm. second one that's only for the subscribe members. Yeah. And um, that's a great place to start because then you get to meet someone local. And then maybe you build a friendship with that person. And then you decide, hey, let's go to the next meeting, which is the CEO roundtable. And that's 50 people, but let's go together and right. be roommates, right? So then you can go to the CEO roundtable and then there's 50 people rather than 20 people. Oh my gosh, making more friends. And then you say, hey, let's go to the clinical events, 100 people. And then you, so you, you start to make these friendships and you start to go together to all these meetings and get bigger and bigger. But that's what I would recommend. Now, I do have to say we open up, most of the time we open up meetings to our subscribe members first. And then, yes, it usually sells out. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, it behooves you to become a subscribe member so you can go. And um, this year we've had to, we are doubling up now. We're, we're doubling up on CEO and clinical just because of the demand, the pent up demand. And um, yeah, so we have like cohort A and cohort B, <laughs> but we're, we're making it happen. And uh, we have a learning center in Chicago, brick and mortar. And that one is just like 20 to 40 people. So we do events there too. And um, we're, we're really looking forward to having more people there. Some of our distributors or partners, dental manufacturers, they're even coming to rent out the space and then they bring speakers. And so it's just been, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing um, opportunity to see the growth and, and these women want to learn together. So yeah. when we were in Vegas, we were joking that the room would be empty at 8 a.m. Right. <laughs> Everyone showed up both days. Everyone showed up and that's how committed they are. And so I am very pleased. I think that a lot of our partners are so pleased. They're like, we've never seen anything like this before. You know, they walk mm -hmm. into the room and there's so much energy. You know, sometimes it's just so loud. You know, I have to like get up on stage and be like, okay, you guys, we need to quiet down. <laughs> um, but that energy and that excitement and that joy and the buzz makes everyone really happy and your endorphins are going, you're happier. And so um, there was a, a, we had a guest lecture uh, in Dallas last year at our Dallas me meeting, Professor Timothy Bono, who's from Washington University, who studies the science of happiness. And he gave this amazing lecture and he has you know authored many books and he talks about what makes people happy. And community is one of them. Right. Having a safe space amongst friends. It's not money. I mean, there's a certain amount of money you need to be happy, but you know, 
community is one of them. And of course, there's physiological things that make you happy, like getting enough sleep and exercise and eating the right foods. But the emotional happiness is community and then the acts of charity. I don't know if you knew that. No, tell me uh, more. Tell me more. It's really incredible. So he did the study on campus with his students and they um, he gave $5 gift cards to half the class, uh, or no, he gave $5 gift cards to all of his students, or like 200. He said, 100 of you need to get rid of your Starbucks cards, give it to somebody else in the morning. And then the other 100, you're gonna give away your Starbucks cards in the afternoon. And then we're gonna rate you and your happiness levels. And so something happened that he didn't expect. The happiness levels were higher among students who gave away the gift card right away. Really? Immediately, rather than holding on to it the whole day. And what was, was just, any, so any he was hypothesis? Saying, yeah, so his hypothesis was that because they were given the money for, it wasn't just their money to give, they were given a task, right? To, to give away the card, but they felt, he, the hypothesis is, if you um, have something hanging over your head, like a task, and you wait and wait and wait to do it, then you're not going to be happy, even if it's charitable. That is so, so true. So when you're given a task, one, do it right away. And two, the act of kindness like act, like makes you happier. So they rated, you know, they had asked specific questions about how happy did you feel that you helped somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. And then like, who did you give the card to? Right? right. So then they rate when he rated, like he saw like responses, like if they were giving it to someone in need, they were rated happier. If they said they gave it to their brother, not as happy. Right. Yeah. yeah this is so good. I just, I mean, personally, I feel what you're describing. I mean, community is, it's the essence of it. And I even tell my kids who are much younger, like everybody's in social media, like we need real experiences. We need real mm -hmm. experiences with people. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's so many compounding benefits to being yes. with other people. What are some other things that you've noticed? Because I really do want, you know, I have a special place in my heart for some of the dental students to speak to a lot of them. And yeah. I want them to enjoy a career. And I think a big part yeah. of it is getting around people where you can be, you know, vulnerable is a word that's thrown around a lot. Right. Uh, right. And it's very true and very real. But I think also you need, you need to be around people that are committed to making sure mm -hmm. you're okay and you're better, you know, when right. we're together. Right. right. And supported. Right. You need some support. And when you are in dental school, you need support to get through dental school. You, it's not a walk in the park. And for dental students who are listening, find good mentors that want to see you succeed that want to help you. That is really key. And yes, you can get through the, you know, for some of you who are just wizards and you can get through dental school just fine and ace everything and do everything great. You still need people to connect with, you right. know, someone that's going to give you a high five, someone who's going to say job well done, someone who's going to say, I see you struggling, let me help you. That is just as important emotionally that emotionally you're not a robot. You know, you, and yes, you'll be just fine if you went through dental school without support, but having some, another buddy to rely on is really important for your health too. So you just, your, your mental health even, and we, and we do talk about mental health in our groups, right? So, um, I can't stress it enough. Like, that's why the face-to-face, -face, like, I know that our phones 
are connected to our bodies. It's like a body part, <laughs> but we sometimes need to like unplug. And there are times where I'm like, you need to get off your phone. You need right. to unplug. You need to be present. You need to put that away. And there's a time and a place, right? Because if you're constantly on your phone, you're going to miss out. Yeah. And, and part of the magic is like being with people, being present with people. It's awesome. That's awesome. So last time I asked you, where's mommy and dentist, where mommy dentist and business going, but like, just maybe I'll phrase the question. I always love to just do a little sample of what's ahead. Like what's ahead, sure. Grace, what's, what's coming, what's in the horizon? What can people look forward to seeing or hearing from yeah. you in the future, in the next six months or? Well, I, I, I mean, right now we're just going with the, with what we're doing is doubling up on our events to give more opportunity for people to come together physically face-to-face. -face. But one thing that's pressing on my own heart and journey is having more charitable moments. So recently we did a charity event and um, we were asked um, to join in on it three weeks and it, we only had three weeks, but we raised $30,000 wow. for, for, uh, for Operation Smile. And um, I connected with the, with uh, one of the founders. Um, so it's Dr. Bill McGee and Kathy McGee, and they live in Virginia. And Kathy is a nurse PhD. Her husband Bill is an MD DDS. And so um, I was able to talk to her, and she was so thankful. But this Operation Smile has been around for 40 years and they're wow. in 40 different countries helping babies and children with cleft lip palate and, and otherwise they may have not been able to survive because they can't feed. And so I, I would like hopefully in the future to be able to do mommy dentist and business missions with them or do some kind of char charitable work related dentistry. Um, because I think it, it, one thing that University of Maryland from dental school, the first thing that I learned when I was a student on the first day of class was the importance of giving back. It's awesome. And you can give back as a dentist in so many different ways and you choose your charity. Don't let charity choose you. You choose your charity because you only have 24 hours. So spend it wisely and give back. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So Cool. Um, and just so you guys know, if you're listening uh, and you're not taking notes, don't worry, we're taking notes for you. So all of the uh, things that Grace has mentioned, those are, there will be links below. So you can flip up to Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. And so you can just press the links. It'll take you right there. But any last thoughts you have, Grace, on community or events in dentistry that matter? I think it's really important for you to get involved. Whatever it is, whether it's um, ADA, whether it's your local chapter, don't just stay in your office and don't just be a dentist. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Find something. Find something um, to be a part of, whether it's, you know, doing dentistry on missions. And, and some, maybe something that you're a part of isn't anything to do with dentistry. But I think whether it's your church or synagogue or wherever you worship or, or something, have a community and have that support. And it could just be your school too, your kids, your kids' friends, parents. Yeah. And I, I just think it's it, it's it changes your life. So don't be a hermit. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's no fun being a hermit anyway. You 
you learn so much and you're having, having a good time doing it. So Grace, I can't thank you enough for being on. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to, thanks for having me. I, oh my gosh. I'm going to volunteer you for future episodes. So you don't even have a choice anymore. We're going to have a regular talk about every 10 to 12 weeks. And uh, I have no doubt we're going to have plenty of topics to, uh, to oh, cover. Thank so, you. well, I'm happy. I'm happy to contribute. I'm happy to have this time with you because you are amazing. You're a great host. And honestly, I, I mean, I've done a lot of podcasts and I really enjoy recording with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's all my pleasure. I mean, I, I, we're figuring out it as we go. And I mean, it's just, it's just two people having coffee, talking about something that matters, you know, and so. eating celery. <laughs> That's so true. So we'll, we'll stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the best practices show podcast. Hey, if you enjoy today, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends, make sure you check out everything that Grace mentioned. I promise you, you will love it. She is always going to be up to cool stuff. I have no doubt for years to come. It's going to be fun. We should do like an annual episode. What's Grace up to? Like, what are you thinking oh. now? <laughs> so <laughs> that would be so fun. Oh, um, thank you. But uh, keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. You're going to see we're going to line it all up uh, through the end of the year. Until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.